Now, it is great to be here this morning with you all. And I want, to, I want to tell you real quick, you know, if you took every person who fell asleep in one of our churches in America and you laid them end to end, they'd be more comfortable. And so hopefully, hopefully we'll keep you awake this morning in the time that we have. You're still thinking about that. Anyway, um, we're going to look at some verses of Scripture. And here's kind of how we're going to lay things out this morning, uh, if it's okay with you all. We're going to read a little bit here in Matthew. And then I'm going to reference three other stories in the Bible. I'm going to ask you some questions. We'll do a little preaching and we'll get you out of here. Is that okay? Now, John said just take all the time in the world. So I'm figuring this message will be about... Hour and a half, two hours, you'll still beat the Baptist to McDonald's. You'll be okay. And so, but I truly believe that what I'm going to share this morning, see, here's what happens a lot of times, I think. We get this mindset in America that when we hear something or we read something, that it's always for everybody else, not us. This morning. I believe no one is exempt from what the Lord's laid on my heart to share with y'all. See, I don't, know how, I don't know what kind of week you've been having. I don't know what kind of month you've been having. I don't know what kind of year you've been having, but God does. And I've been praying for you for the last several weeks, praying that God would lay on my heart what he wanted me to share with you all this morning. But I want to tell you real quick. I am a sinner saved by grace. And I'm just preaching to myself this morning. Allowing you to listen in. So let's pray. And then we'll begin. Father, thank you for the day. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you've given us to be able to to come here this morning. And to be able to lift your name up through praise. Father, I pray that the attitude of our heart this morning has, has been a blessing to you. Lord, I pray right now that as we take the next several minutes to look at your word, I pray, Father, that you would open it up to us. And, and as always, Lord, I invite you to be the editor of this message. You would take away and you would add to. But I also pray, Lord, that, that if there's someone here this morning, maybe because of situations or circumstances this past week that needs to hear a little bit different message, God, I pray your Holy Spirit would fine-tune those words as they enter their ears and penetrate their heart. Lord, have your way in this place just like it was heaven. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the Gospel of Matthew, we're going to look at some verses here. And I'm going to tell you real quick that, that we're going to look at them a little bit differently, if that's, if that's all right with you. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. Now, we know Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. We know that Jesus is, is preaching this message, teaching this message, however you want to look at it, not just to his disciples, but to all those that would have been there in that area listening in. Because you, you can look through the Gospels and find out that anytime Jesus is sharing something, there is a crowd around listening in. Sometimes for good, sometimes for the bad, because there were those who were trying to, trying to listen and see if there was something they could use against him, but it never worked, did it? So in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, this is in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount. I'll be reading out the NIV translation, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 6 of Matthew. It says this, Jesus says, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when, now side note, I want to stop there for a minute. Did you catch that? He used the word when. Not the word if. 
So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the street corners uh, to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when, did you catch it? There's that word again. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, that's, that's going to be our springboard for this morning. Now, I'm going to tell you real quick, we're not going to talk about money. Go ahead. Don't need to talk about money. Because I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters, it's, it's easy to write a check. Did you know that? I don't care where you're at in, 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 the, in the financial realm. Just living in America makes you richer than most people in the world. Did you know that? And, and, we, and we don't talk about money because, listen, because it's, it's just easy to write a check and throw a check at something. And, and to pat ourselves on the back and make ourselves feel, feel, feel good because we threw something. And we don't. Do you understand that God's more concerned about getting a hold of you than your checkbook? Hello? Is this thing on? Do you realize that, that he wants to get a hold of you because he knows if he can get a hold of you, your money will follow. But I love this whole idea of not letting your left and your right hand know what's going on. See, I want to ask you, ask you real quick. and you think, about, you think about our motives for why we do what we do. I mean, you think about that for a minute. Why, why do you give and why do you do what you do? You need to think about our, our motivation behind that. So as I said before, three stories and, and then we're going to ask some questions. Story number one comes from Exodus. Now it's interesting, in Exodus chapter 3, God has heard the cries of his people. They're in bondage, they're in slavery, and, and he, wants to, he wants to free them and he wants to, to get them out of that. So we know that in Exodus chapter 3, uh, verse 10, God has this conversation with Moses and he says, So go now, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. And from verse 10 of Exodus 3, clear through Exodus chapter 4, there's a dialogue back and forth between God and Moses. It goes something like this. God tells Moses every reason why he needs to go. Moses tells God every reason why he's not going to go. He'd be a good American, wouldn't he? I mean, it just goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And all of a sudden, in Exodus chapter 4, verse 2, it says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, what is in your hand? In the Gospel of John chapter 6, Jesus is with uh, his disciples, there, is a, there are hundreds, thousands of people there in attendance listening in. Jesus has been performing miracles. And in fact, John tells us it's getting late in the day. So late in the day, the disciples want Jesus to send everybody away because, because they're hungry. And, and Jesus basically tells the disciples, you're going to feed them. And so now the disciples are trying to figure out what they're going to do and how they're going to pull this off and how, how are we going to find what we need for all these people. And in John chapter 6, verse 9, it says this, Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? In the Gospel of Luke chapter 21, I, I love this chapter. 
Because Luke gives us a picture of Jesus doing something. And what Jesus is doing in Luke 21 is he is watching the offering being taken up. Think about this for a minute. Could you imagine offering time here at the church and the, and the plate's being passed and you reach up to get the plate and it's Jesus giving you the plate? Would you write another check? <laughs> Ladies, would you dump your purse in? Men, would you throw your billfold in? Would you ask him, do you take plastic? Jesus is watching the offering being taken up. Now, you may not realize this, but the custom of that day is if you were a person of great wealth, when it was your time to present your offering, your gifts, you would, you would try to make as much noise as you could because you're trying to turn some heads. And so Jesus is watching these men of great wealth coming in and they're placing their offerings in and people are, are watching all this. Then all of a sudden... Luke tells us, this widow lady walks in. And as she walks in, the Bible says that she put in two small copper coins in the, in the offering. And Jesus says to his disciples, did you see this widow? For this widow has put in more than all the rest, for out of her poverty... She has put in all she has to live on. Three stories. Three questions. Question one. What's in your hands? I mean, think about it for a minute. Simon said, it's okay, take a look at your hands real quick. Yeah, seriously, look at your hands. You know, my grandfather used to always say you could tell a lot about a man by the way he shakes a hand. But let me ask you this morning, what is in your hands? You think about your skills and your talents and your abilities. Think about your DNA, your mama and your papa's DNA was exactly the DNA that God wanted you to have. Regardless, regardless if you were raised believing you were an accident, uh, a surprise, uh, whatever it is, God knew you. Think about this. God made you you, and the reason God made you you is because God wanted you to be you and nobody else. Now, there's a fine line in there because sometimes we blame God for things that's not His fault. Sometimes we, we do things and, and what happens is we say, well, this is just the way I was made. But let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. You and I become a product of our surroundings. Case in point, if you surround yourself with people who are negative, what kind of person are you going to be? Talk to me now. Come on. It's okay. Huh? What kind of person are you going to be? Negative. If you, if you surround yourself with people who are, who are hateful, what kind of person are you going to be? I mean, if you surround yourself with people who are stingy or self-centered, what are you going to be? But boy, if we flip the coin over, what happens if you surround yourself with people that are positive? Huh? Loving. Giving. See? We become a product of our surroundings. God made you you because the reason that God made you you is because you are exactly who he wants you to be. I mean, think about your, your talents and your gifts and your skill sets that have been placed within your hand. You think about the abilities and the talents that you have. Say, my grandfather, he, he could play by ear, any instrument. I tried it, it always hurt. Anyway, but, but he could play any instrument by ear. I can play a radio. 
That's as far as my playing ability goes. But now my son, my son plays by ear. He can play guitar and piano and drum, all that kind of stuff. That's a, that's a, that's a gift. And see, do you realize that the reason that you have what you have in your hands, your, your skills and your abilities and your gifts and your talents, they were never given to you for you. Hello. Think about this. You, you may think that education you got is just so you can have a, a big house and drive a fancy car and have an unbelievable retirement plan and buy whatever you want. Do you realize that what God has placed in your hands to give to you to use was to bring Him glory and bring others unto Him? Now listen, are you still aware? Are we still awake? Yes, because I'm getting ready to say something that if you're dozing off, you're going to walk out of here ticked off. I want to make sure you're all still with Because listen to me, brothers. Listen to me. Listen to me. What we do here this morning. Listen now. What we do here this morning means absolutely nothing. If you and I are not living it Monday through Saturday. See, what you need to understand is, is you know, we pride ourselves in the Christian church about being a New Testament church. But brothers and sisters, can I tell you something? I think we've missed the mark. When you look at the book of Acts, you know what they were doing back then? They were winning people out there for the kingdom. And they were coming together on the first day of the week to come around the Lord's table. To remember what Jesus had done and to share what he'd been doing in their lives the week before. Think about that. If you and I are living the way Jesus intended us to live out there, Sunday becomes the icing on the cake. It changes the way you'll sing. It'll change the way you give. It'll change the way you listen. It will change the way you interact with people because you need to realize that what God has placed in your hands has been placed there to reach people for the kingdom. What is in your hands? Question two, how far will it go? How far will it go? Boy, I love, I love how John writes this because, because Andrew, Andrew brings this kid's sack lunch. Think about this. This is the first recorded uh, place in the Bible where we're talking about a happy meal. Right there it was. He brought this kid's sack lunch to Jesus. Just a few fish, just a little bit of bread. What in the world is he going to do? Think about this. Andrew had to have known. This isn't much. But if I can just get it to Jesus. See, it's not just about what's in your hands, but how far will it go? See, what we need to understand is, I believe too often we as the church are trying to do everything that's in these hands on our own strength. On our own ability. And what we need to understand is, God has placed in your hands and mine... The, the, the talents and the gifts and the skills and the abilities that we need to connect with Him to make an impact in this world. Do, do you realize that it's not, it's not John's job, listen to me, it is not his job to save people. That's God's job. Hello? He's the only one that saves. See, 
See, John's, John's job is not saving. What's your job? Guess what? Your job's not saving. That's God's job. Your job and my job and John's job, our job, is to meet needs and plant seeds. You think about this. I bet you if we had time this morning to go around the room, there are people in every one of our lives that don't know Jesus. Yeah? And you've probably been racking your brain thinking about how, how am I going to get them to come to church or how am I going to speak in their life? How am I going to do what? I mean, I don't know how to start. The, I don't know the Bible that well. I don't, you know, I get, you know, what happens if they ask me questions I can't answer? Let me tell you, when they ask you a question, you don't know the answer. Guess what? Tell them you don't know the answer. That's it. Okay? But you're thinking about how you're going to be able to reach them, how you're going to be able to, to, to get them to, to know about Jesus. Let me tell you something. You take your gifts and your talents and your abilities, those, those things that have been placed in your hands, and you look to see how you can take that to meet a need in their life. And when you meet a need in their life, God will set up the conversation for you to speak into their life and plant seeds that God will bring about the increase. See, we make it too hard. I, those of you who served, God bless you. One of my favorite places in America is outside of Hopkinsville, Kentucky. You know why it is? I love pilot truck stops. And my favorite pilot truck stop is the one that's outside of Hopkinsville, Kentucky, because we have a military base south of the pilot. And when you pull into that pilot truck stop, there's a lot of military that come and go from that truck stop. And I love, I love going in there because a lot of times my disaster trail, I'm running through that area and I'll pull in and I love to do this. Like I'll go in, I'll get myself a, a coffee and I'll start looking around and I try to get it to, it never always, didn't always work this way. But I try to wait to where either, either someone is in front of me or behind me that's military, and I want to buy their, I want to buy their coffee. I want to buy their, their, their snack or whatever. And, and I'll tell them, I'll tell them, I say to them, I say, I want to tell you something. You are one of two that I'm very appreciative of. I said, I'm very thankful for our military. Because of, because of our military, I have freedom in this country. And the second one is King Jesus because he brought me freedom from sin. Do you know him? Do you understand, brothers and sisters, that, that God sets up opportunities every single day? We just got to keep our eyes, our eyes open. We just, we just got to be available. See, that's what happens most of the time. Do you, have you ever had an atheist day? I have. You, you know those days that you go through the day and all you do is live for yourself that day? You're, a, you're being about your business and about your tasks and about your job, about what you want. And then you get to the end of the day, it's like, oh my goodness, I've lived like an atheist. I never even acknowledged once about being in the presence of the Almighty. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Are we doing okay? Everybody doing all right? I love this. I can't read that clock, so we're doing good. Anyway, I just, I want you to know, I've only got one good eye. That's what it is. Anyway, and the clock's on the wrong side. Anyway, think about this for me. I got a question for you. Does God go on vacation? I didn't say, does he go on vacation with you? Does he go on vacation? No. He sure doesn't. You know what that means? You know what that means? 
that before your head and my head hits the pillow tonight, he will have crossed our path today with somebody he wants us to love on. He will cross our path with someone today. He will orchestrate that conversation. He will orchestrate that need. He will orchestrate that opportunity. And what he wants his people to do is not just see it, but do something about it. See, we, we make witnessing too hard. We, we, we think, you know, we got we to know the Bible from cover to cover and be able to spout scripture left and right and do all that. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, with you need to be in the words. You need to be a, a man and a woman of the word. You need to be. Yes, you do. But can I tell you, majority of the people that cross our path, they just want someone to love on them. They, they just want someone to, to just realize they exist. They just want someone to listen. See, I think what happens a lot of times is we look at what is in our hands and we start looking at what is in everybody else's hands. And then we start playing that little mind game. You know, you know what I'm talking about? That Well, God, you know if I had so-and-so's gift, I could do a whole lot. You know, if I'd been raised in so-and-so's family, if I would have been able to go to that school, or, or if I'd have been able to have that person as a dad, or if I'd have been able to have this person as a mother, or if I would have been raised on that side of the railroad tracks, if I would have been, been raised in that state or that country or had that other color of skin, or if I had that. And do you understand? Every single one of you, God wants to use as an instrument for noble purpose, the Bible says. What is in your hands? How, how far will it go? And question three is, are you willing to let Jesus have it? See, what's funny is, I, I was raised, give me a cliff note version of, I was raised in a non-Christian home. Um, the only time the name of Jesus was ever mentioned was at a loud tone followed by a slamming of a door. That's why I've got a big mouth. You had to be loud to be heard. My dad was ex-military, one of the nastiest people you'd ever meet. But he ran heavy equipment, and for some reason, he wanted his son to know how to run heavy equipment. I, did, I went for construction trades. I did that. I love to work with my hands. And you know what the number one need after a natural disaster is? Heavy equipment operators. Followed by construction. Now, I will tell you this. My mom and dad found Jesus several years ago, and I'm glad. But you couldn't pay me enough to go relive my childhood. When I was in grade school, I went to, went to church with a friend of mine, not because I wanted Jesus. I just wanted to be out of the house. And if you'd asked me as a kid who God uses, I'd have told you the preacher. I'd have told you the piano player, the organist, the song leader, the Sunday school teacher. Now, listen, this little church had a candy man. Oh, Hallelujah. I can remember the first time I was there and, and we were going to go get a piece and my friend's mom said, now you go get, but don't you ask. We came back with handfuls and she got on to us. She says, I told you not to ask. I said, we didn't. We just stood close. <laughs> I mean, that was it. And if you'd have asked me what a missionary was, I'd have told you, you know, the guy with the machete, 
You know, whacking through the jungles of Africa to get to those tribe of people who don't speak English. I said, listen, you older folks know what I'm talking about. I sat through the slideshows on a Sunday night just so I could get some cookies and Kool-Aid. You know what I'm saying? The sad thing is in 2018, I believe we got people in our churches who believe the same thing. That that's the only people that God is ever going to use is the people that we see up here. Now listen, don't get me wrong. I'm glad we have the people that we have. But do you understand that if you have given your life to Jesus, there are people that only you're going to reach for the gospel. And he is going to use what's right here in your hands to meet that need and plant that seed. I tell people that all the time. I, a friend of mine says, you need to get that copyrighted. You need to get a shirt that says, plant a, me, me, uh, uh, meet a need, plant a seed. I said, I, I need, I'm not artistic, so I don't know what it would look like. But, but, but that's what it comes down to. Because listen, do you understand that when you're meeting needs, you're setting the opportunity up to plant the seed and bring God about through there, through the Holy Spirit, and bring about the saving. There are people across this country that we've met over the years who've lost absolutely everything. There's a couple right now in Oklahoma that we didn't know till we were nine months into rebuilding their home that they had one, one of them had filed for divorce two weeks before the tornado hit. And we met them three days after the storm that hit Shawnee, Oklahoma, 2013. Miss Sherry gave her life to the Lord in November, and David, her husband, gave his life to the Lord in April of the next year. And they're very grateful for a tornado because of a tornado, they were introduced to Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we've got to keep our eyes open. Because God is setting up opportunities every place we go. But again, you might be thinking that what you have to offer isn't much. My grandma Shipman, my grandma. Shipman, she, she was what we call a prayer warrior. She, she would get up at four in the morning, every morning, and she would pray for two hours and then go eat breakfast and come back and pray for a couple more hours. And we had this thing that we said that if grandma was pray, praying for you to do something, just give up. <laughs> it's going to happen. And so I remember sitting at my grandma's table uh, when I was eight years old, Telling my grandma as I was eating a cookie and drinking sweet tea because unsweet to the devil. But anyway, I'm sitting there and, and I told my grandma, I said, I want to be a police officer when I grow up. And she patted me on the head and said, that's nice, Scotty. You're going to be a preacher. <laughs> See, I didn't realize, I didn't know that when my mom got pregnant, this is before those machines that could tell you what's going to be. My grandma shipman told my mom, you're going to have a boy. He's going to be a preacher. And that's what I'm praying But I gotta believe that maybe Grandma threw something else in there because in 2011 I was I was uh, asked to be the chaplain of the VUPD back home. And now I get to when I'm home I get to ride around with the officers in the cars and and you know I, I told the group I think it was last night or maybe this morning uh, I forget which which time it was we were meeting I said you know people are very very open to hear about Jesus with handcuffs on in the back of a squad car. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. There are things God wants you to do. So what is in your hands and how far will it go? And the question, third question is, are you willing to let Jesus have it? Because see, what you need to understand, see, what, here's what amazes me about the widow's offering. If we could have bring that forward to 2018, I think it might go a little differently. Offering time in the church, the plates are getting ready to be passed. And there'd be church folks knowing the situation of the widow. 
knowing the fixed income, knowing she doesn't have much, might talk her out of putting anything in the offering plate because she didn't have much. The conversation might go something like this. You know, listen, God knows what you're dealing with. There's other people in the church that can give more. It's okay. You, you need to keep that. See, what you need to understand, brothers and sisters, it is not the amount of the gift. It is the motivation and the attitude behind the giving. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you try to do all that's in your hands by your own strength and your own merit, you won't get very far. But if you're willing to give it to Jesus, the sky isn't even not the limit. See, here's the thing. I know me. I know me. I know my hang-ups and my screw-ups. I know my flaws. There are a lot of people I know who know a whole lot more than me that could do a whole lot more. All I know is, as I walk through the day, I want to be mindful that God is setting up conversations and opportunities. See, I blew a tire out on, a, on our, our tool trailer going to Wallace I was, right before I got into the gorge. Blew both tires on the passenger side of our 40-foot tool trailer doing about 75. I got pulled over. Get out. It's about 9 o'clock at night. What am I going to do? So I called a friend of mine that I had met through the wildfires. And he put me in contact with a guy who does roadside service. And, 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 uh, and the guy comes out. He pulls up in his truck. And I'm, I'm standing along the road there with my hazards on. And, and uh, I, uh, he, he says, you got some problems? I said, yeah, I got two of them. <laughs> two problems. And he goes, you got a spare? I said, here's what's funny. I said, I have a spare. And I have another tire, but, not, but it's not on a rim. And, and I said, these rims, you know, when they blew and hit, they kind of turned a little bit, and he goes, well, we'll take a look at this. And I said, well, I'm Scott. What's your name? He says, I'm CJ. I said, CJ, it's nice to meet you. And so he, he goes back, and he starts his generator up and brings his light out and gets it set up and everything, and we're trying to, he's trying to jack the trailer up and everything, and we're just sitting there, and, or I'm standing there, we're joking a little bit and everything, you know, and, and all this stuff, and, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the generator goes down. He goes, oh, no. He goes, my, my partner didn't fill the gas tank up. There's no gas can in there. So now I'm holding a flashlight, and he's now trying to crank off the, the rest of the, of the nuts off with, it, with, it, with, a, with the hand tools and all this stuff and everything. And we're, we're standing there, and he's apologizing. I said, it's all right, brother. I said, it's going to be okay and everything. I said, I just got to be, be in Wallace tomorrow. I mean, I, just, I was hoping tonight, but it's going to be tomorrow. It's okay. And, you know, he's asking what I'm doing. We're talking all this stuff. And, and finally, he gets it all done. He gets both... Uh, gets the tire on, gets the, gets the rim, rolls the rim back a little bit, puts the other tire on there, we get him on there, and all that stuff. And again, he's apologizing, because I said, it's okay. And takes the jack down, gets the jacks back there. I'm helping him pick his cords up and his lights, and we get all done there and everything. And then he, he sits down, he's writing out the bill, and he gives him the bill, and, and I give him a card, and you know, and he's writing all this stuff down and everything. And I said, CJ, I really appreciate all your help and, and everything. And he says, well, you're welcome. He says, I'm sorry it took so long. I said, it's okay. And then all of a sudden, uh, as, he's, as we're getting things wrapped up, I said, CJ, I said, I said, brother, I said, I said, is there anything I pray for you for today? I said, this is not a coincidence that you're the one that came out here to help me. And and he said, excuse me? And I said, can I pray for you about anything? Anything you got going on? And we'd been laughing all that time up until, up until that point. And all of a sudden, CJ's face changed. And he starts sharing about what him and his wife's going through with their daughter. 
and how they have tried everything because she's dealing with some stuff and, and the thing is nothing's working and, and he's just beside himself and he goes, we just don't know where to turn and where to go. And so the next thing I know, not only am I praying for CJ, but we're talking about the Lord and the relationship with Jesus and all this stuff like this. And as we get done praying and wrapping all that up, I give CJ a hug and I said, I said, I said, brother, I said, I'm going to keep your family on my list. And I said, just know that at 5 a.m. every morning, you're, you're, you're going to be lifted up before the throne of God by me. And he thanked me, and I said, you know, I said, this wasn't, again, I said, this wasn't a coincidence. I said, you know, the Lord has a way of using things. I said, I still haven't figured out why he let two tires blow, because one would have been enough. <laughs> but, but that's all right. And so, and so we were off, and I, and I haven't seen CJ since then. That's been several weeks ago and everything. And I, and I go on, and I go on on the road. And, go, and the thing is, do you understand, do you understand that God, God uses all kinds of things and uses those. See, it was $265 to get those tires. I want to tell you something. It's the best $265 I'd spent that week. Because God saw an opportunity to use little old me to build the impact. CJ. See, today when we leave church, a lot of you are going to go out to eat someplace. Be careful. Be careful. Because there are too many, this is another message, but there's too many royalty that goes out there and thinks they deserve. Let me tell you something. You and I deserve nothing. Did you hear me? It is only by God's grace that we have been saved. And every person that you and I come in contact with, that waitress, that waiter, that person at the cash register, let me tell you something. They are made in the image of the Creator. And they need loved and encouraged just like the rest of us. So you go out to eat today, love on some people, would you? Would you, would you be a good tipper? Would you be a good tipper in Jesus' name? Because I'm going to tell you right now, you can tell that person about Jesus, leave him a dollar. It doesn't go very far, but I'll tell you what. Oh, bless them good, and they won't forget it. They won't. Well, I've asked you three questions, haven't I? What's in your hands? How far will it go, and are you willing to let Jesus have it? I do have one last question. As we get ready to, to close out with invitation time this morning. See, the last question I have for you is this. What's in God's hands? See, if you ask me, I would say me. See, I don't want to be propped up in a corner someplace. I don't want to be stuck in the back of a shelf. I don't want to be in the back of a closet until this body stops sucking wind. I want to be right here in the hand of the Almighty. And let me tell you something, and I mean no disrespect by what I'm getting ready to say, brother and sister, but some of you who've retired, you've also retired from the church. Don't do that. We need you. We need you more now than ever before. The Bible says older men teach younger men. Older women teach younger women. See, I never dreamed that I would ever see the day in our country where we'd, we'd, we'd have to debate what a family makeup was. Huh? Are you hearing me? Huh? I never, I never thought that I would ever live, live to see our country having some of the, some of the stupidest quarrels and fights over stuff that, that just, it, what we've done is we've allowed the enemy to, 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 to bring about destruction and, and turmoil so we end up keeping our eyes off King James. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You know what the greatest need for our country is? 
is Jesus. And I'm going to tell you right now, you can be one of these that have all this doom and gloom and Oh, the right person didn't get in the White House. No, the right person didn't get in the governor's house. Oh, the right person. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. I don't care who's in those offices. Jesus is on the throne. Are you hearing me? Hello? Is this thing on? And I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters. No matter how dark this world gets, you know what that means? Your light and my light just stands out even more. Huh? So what will you do today for Jesus? Well, I hope you'll do something. But I also hope that if you can't answer the question of, of, of yourself being in the hand of God, if you've never given your life to the Lord, you need to. Because the greatest decision you'll ever make is for King Jesus. It just is. The King of Kings wants to use little old you and little old me on this globe that's spinning in space to grow the kingdom.